Hello, my friends. It's me again. The other one, I think. Welcome. I would say welcome to the castle, but I'm not sure that would be correct. I was there. I was there. I was there at least two weeks ago. Maybe more, maybe less. It doesn't really matter anyway. And I don't remember much, but I remember that I was very, very upset. I was frantically running through the castle, angry that I was invisible and frightened that I seemed powerless. So I smashed whatever I could. I threw things here and there. I slammed doors and cupboards. I was a regular poltergeist, I imagine. Did someone speak to you, anyway? Did you still have story time? Was it all right without me? Sometimes I worry that it wouldn't be. That things wouldn't be all right without me. Even if only for a little while. I guess that's silly and arrogant, and maybe it keeps me from true rest sometimes. But we'll feel the way we feel. Not much we can do about feelings, except experience them, and just gently watch them go by. Forgive them, maybe. Learn to love them, even the uncomfortable ones. But now, I seem to be in some kind of a bathtub. It's empty, not just of water, but of me. Yet I'm in it. One of the many paradoxes of having no body. At least, sometimes. And clearly right now. Around me, there are large, clean, white, Tiles. I worry for a moment that there was such a thing as time after all, and I've gone back into it, into a different me that lived in a cellar full of these. But I look over and see all the makings of a modern bathroom a toilet, a sink, a countertop, a mirror a pink candle burning in a neat little glass candlestick holder, a little black carpet, some white towels. And I am confident that I haven't had my invisible organs harvested against my will, or anything gruesome like that. I don't know where I am, but I hear a tick-tock. Steady, 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 on the beat. Yet there is no clock in here. That's strange. 
I rise up and exit the little room cautiously. There is an orange cat looking in my general direction. He knows I am here, but he cannot fix his gold-green eyes specifically on where I am, and that frightens him, so he meows and runs away. There is a little plant in a little basket on a white wall. There are some other little plants, herbs, succulents, high up on another wall. It occurs to me that the plants wish they could be outside, and yet here they are. It occurs to me that perhaps the cat also wishes he could be outside, and yet here he is. It occurs to me that I indeed wish that I could be outside, and yet here I am. I see a balcony. It makes me think of someone, someone who abandoned me last week, I think. Ah, yes, that's right, I was angry, I was upset, so I was haunting myself. The door is open, and there is a screen door that remains closed. New apartment, new balcony, same story with this girl. Her laptop open on a blank page, same old story. But where is she? Through the screen door I can hear cars going by. I can smell the autumn leaves wet with rain. I can hear that rain lightly tapping against the road and the balcony cement. It's so cold. There are plants on the balcony that want to come in. There are plants inside the apartment that want to go out. I turn around as I notice for the first time that the ticking has stopped and I see a tapestry on the wall. It's black. There are mountains and a moon and stars, only etched in white lines and dots. It feels quite peaceful. It must bring her some peace, the one who lives here, the one whose world I've found myself in momentarily. I wonder if that means that she's in the castle. Maybe we pulled a prince in the pauper. The tapestry is so simple. The stars are just polka dots in a rather symmetrical pattern. The mountains are just lines of different widths, curving and twisting. I know it was purchased online and for less than it might be worth. 
It might be made of material that is cheap and flimsy. If there is a human artist, then I am certain they were not compensated or credited enough for the amount of peace it gives me, and probably the writer who lives here. For all the caveats that pass through my mind around this piece of art that I actually know so little about, all I want is to dive into it. I want to be there. Not in there. I want to be there. It hangs on a white wall. There's a desk with some random items like a purse and loose papers and a fancy candelabra and a basket full of nonsense and some bins that have yet to be unpacked underneath it. And as I stare into those black and white mountains, I take a deep breath and make a wish. And almost instantly, a crack appears. Not in the wall, or the tapestry, or the desk, or the ceiling, or the room itself, even. But in the image of the whole thing. As though the whole wall, the whole room, as it appears in my non-existent eyes, is a screen, a television screen of some kind, and it just cracks. One long, thin crack at first. But this branches off into web-like tendrils, more cracks forming, smaller, more complicated, intricate ones. Perhaps it's in my eyes. I don't have eyes. Must be in my mind. Think I lost that, too. The whole thing shatters like broken glass. But once it all breaks off into a billion little shards, behind it, there is all black. With white polka dot stars and a mountain range made of white lines of a variety of thickness and thinness, and a full, starkly white moon. I thought the moon was waning and almost gone. Not here. Here it is always full, and it is always right there. Looks like I did it. I made it into the world of that cheap, bulk-made artwork that I adored so much. There are lines everywhere, and as I walk along the mountains, the lines move past where my feet would be. So I can tell that I am traveling, 
but it is difficult because everything looks the same. It's a wondrous thing that you've been able to come with me. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's an awful lot like a video game. Do you know those ones? The mysterious ones that are very dark and very stylish. And you pick up objects along the way. Perhaps newspaper clippings or keys or letters or documents with clues. Clues about what happened here. Clues about where you should go next. That sort of thing. But the comforting thing about those games, in all their horror indicators and suspenseful atmospheres, etc., etc., are those clues themselves. The guidance. The outside input of an invisible other that tells you you are indeed playing the game correctly. Why don't you go this way? Why don't you follow the thread you're pulling? The one I put right there for you to discover. And you did so perfectly. There's none of that here. There is no guidance. I don't know if anyone could live here. Could they? There doesn't seem to be anyone here. What would they eat? Where would they grow food? Where would they find water? How would they make shelter? And yet, you know, I don't seem to have any concept of hunger or thirst or hot or cold. So I guess it doesn't matter. It's just a sea of endless black and white mountains and stars. Nothing distinguishable from anything else. Those stars are so strange, so round, so stark. The black of the sky and the land is identical and pure. The darkest color I've ever seen. I feel strange when I look up at that sky, but I can't quite put my finger on the cause. I know it's not real. It's a wall hanging that stole my imagination in its simplicity. It's a doodle. And now we're in a doodle land. So I know it's not real. But you know, am I real? Is this conversation real? What's unreal, the images? The ones we're both sharing as we walk together right now? What makes this unreal, then? Is it the difference of time between us? Is time the only glue that links a human soul to another? 
Surely it must be place, then. They must be in the same place together. I see these mountains. Do you see these mountains? Around us? Under our feet? Look at those crazy stars. I think you see them, too. Well, then, it would seem that we're in the same place. No, but you see, we're not physically there. Hmm. Seems questionable that any significant experience in our lives must be dictated by something as simple as physical proximity. But I could be wrong. It's beautiful here, isn't it? Look over there. There's a soft, orange glow. It's down there, in that little nook, that little dip between those two mountains. Tucked in there. As far as I can tell, it's the only color in this place. And it's the color of fire. Flickering down there, not casting shadows in this otherwise flat, two-dimensional world. The fire suggests three dimensions with that light, that flickering. I think the only thing to do is head towards it. Yes, if there is fire, there must have been someone to light it. I think. Come along. I hear music. Fire and music can never be a terrible combination. ever feel you have to hide yourself? Do you feel it's hard to express who you are? What it is you live your life for? What you want in this life? When I feel like that, I find it hard to come to places like these. Because I get caught up in believing they're not real if I don't have the one silly quality of physical presence as we have been made to understand it. And then I miss out on so many wonderful worlds to visit. All because I was worried about someone else seeing me. There's no wood for it to burn from, no rock circle to contain it. 
It is not created, but rather, it is in a constant state of creating itself. In our physical world, fire needs a catalyst. Friction, ignition, combustion, reaction, whatever. This fire is just there, untethered, floating above this doodle land, real and three-dimensional as anything you could open your physical eyes and see right now. kind of difficult to look away from, and there's a gentle kind of humming coming from it. I wonder what it's doing here. I don't know if someone put it here, but here it is. And we're not the only ones watching. In this two-dimensional landscape, if you sort of look through the lines, allow your focus to relax, you'll see that there are indeed three-dimensional creatures, humanoid shapes, but just shadow, just the exact same shade as the backdrop here so they're hard to find. They stand very still, facing the fire. But sometimes they sway their head gently back and forth to the music, or they loll their head from side to side, up and down. You'd think they were stretching their necks or dancing in ecstasy, if you didn't realize that you're doing it yourself, too. You're doing it because it's easier to see the shapes standing out against the backdrop if you constantly shift your gaze, move your focus. You're moving your head in that unusual way because you're trying to see them. And that's what they're doing. They're trying to see you. Hard to tell how many. If you look up, which some of the figures are doing too, many of them are rolling their heads upwards to look at the sky now and then, just like me. You'll see that the stars have a little detail in them we must have missed before. Each of them is a wide-open eye, tiny and distant, perhaps, but watching us and the fire with great interest nonetheless. I don't know how I feel about this. I'm afraid. I'm not as invisible as I thought. Hey, hey, buddy. Who's a good boy? 
The cat just rubbed against my leg and flopped down at my feet, rolling onto his side and purring loudly. I reach over to scratch his belly and say a few quiet, gentle words to him. I was just staring at the doodle land on my wall, trying to think of a story. Felt like I lost myself for a little bit. Busy thinking about white-tiled cellars and haunted balconies. I think I've ended up haunting myself. That's one way to tell ghost stories, I guess. <sighs> Time for bed, I think. I better start the process anyway. I tend to check that the stove is off, the oven is off, the balcony door is locked, the front door is locked. Each at least more than once. Probably more than twice. I get a little anxious about this stuff. As I go to check that the door to the apartment is locked, I hear a little breath outside of it. Just a quick inhale is what it sounded like. I can see that the door is indeed locked, so I'm safe. I know that I'm safe. I feel that I am safe. But just because curiosity gets the better of me far too often, I decide to look through the little round peephole. I bring my eye towards the little white circle. And through it, I see... Well, it looks like... Looking back at me simply, an eye. I blink, and it's gone. And in its place instead is a long, dark castle hallway. Empty blackness on either side of a long, red, velvet carpet. A candelabra with a lit pink candle sits on that carpet, waiting for someone to pick it up and journey down it again. Ah, <sighs> thank goodness. Hello, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to episode 248 of On a Dark Cold Night. This is Kristen Zaza, your host, writer, narrator, composer, podcaster, etc., behind the podcast. I hope you've had a good couple of weeks since I was last able to release an episode, and I hope you enjoyed this little journey through a few of my worlds that I found myself missing lately. I would like to thank everyone who supports the podcast on a monthly basis through Patreon. I'm very grateful for your kindness, my friends. Thank you so much. If you'd like to support in this way, everyone who pledges $1 or more a month U.S. gets access to my complete and downloadable soundtrack, while subscribers of $5 or more a month U.S. get that, 
a monthly tarot reading video for all kindred spirit patrons on the full moon, and a bonus mini-meditation weekly episode called My Quick Moments. You can learn more at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. You can donate one time only without any perks at coffee.com. Um, full link is ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. Or by buying a t-shirt or hoodie at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. And if you're an Apple listener and you'd like to access the quick moment bonus episodes through there, you can look up my page on iTunes or search for the Sonar Network to join the Sonar Plus Apple Podcast channel, where you can get those bonus episodes and lots of other great bonus content from awesome shows uh, that are part of the Sonar Network for only $3.99 a month. I'd love if you followed me on social media. I'm on Facebook and YouTube under On a Dark Cold Night, Instagram at Dark Cold Night Podcast, Blue Sky, and TikTok under Kristen Zaza, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-Z-A-Z-A, and on Twitter at A Dark Cold Night. And of course, if you like the podcast, I would be super grateful if you left a rating and a review on Spotify, iTunes, Facebook, or wherever else you like to rate and review your podcasts. Thanks again for traveling with me, my friends. Maybe sometimes I'm afraid that I hide in strange little fantasy worlds, and I'm not immune from wondering what that makes other people think of me. But at the end of the day, only we know what we want out of our strange little lives. I think we have to just trust ourselves on the way, like a gentle travel partner, like a guardian angel or a friendly ghost. Haunt ourselves. Sleep well and sweet dreams, my friends. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.